this week's show. Out to make amends for his last appearance in the FA Cup first round, Steve McKim hopes to get another crack at the big time. It gives me the opportunity not to make the same mistake I made against uh, Bradford. Now, we got the first round, there was no fans there, but I'm, I, made, I made a big error in that. Making an impression as a teenager at Dover, Archie Hatcher tells us all about his recent form. Over the summer, I was working on my, my body shape, trying to pin defenders, and I think that's paid off at the start of this season. Still unbeaten at home, and his young side are look the part. We hear from Lords of Manager Matt Barman. We're looking for them lads that are going to be step three, possibly even step two footballers at 17, 18, 19. They probably aren't going to get the opportunities now. And still playing it down but third in the table, Michael Golding tells about Corinthians' start to the season. If we can go on a run, then I think we can probably challenge for that last playoff spot. I think there's four teams that I would expect to get in the playoffs and then there's probably ten teams that are fighting for one place. and welcome to this week's episode of the Kentley Podcast, sponsored by Sandwich Town Youth FC. We've got four interviews for you to enjoy this week as we look back at another successful scaffold ground hop and ahead to the FA Cup fourth qualifying round where eight of our sides have their eyes on a spot in the first round where they could face former winners Derby County or Bolton, a local derby with Gillingham or, knowing our luck, the winners of Curzon Ashton versus Tamworth away from home. Uh, I'm John Phipps, who has a very middle-class thing to discuss shortly. And as always, I'm joined by a man who I'm sure has all, also got plenty of middle-class stories he can tell us all. It's Matt Jarrett, of course. How are you, mate? Very good, mate. Very good, my man. Very good, my man, yes. Well, uh, I'm a man of the people, John, but, you know, I do do a lot of things when you get to my age that you think are probably middle-class. I was trying to remember what it was, but it was Brie, wasn't it, that you were the, the yeah, most... Yeah. You bought more Brie than anybody else in Yeah, yeah, yeah in Panic, yeah. So, yeah. Um, Brilliant. Yeah, that, we still do like a brim, brie and bacon baguette. So that is yeah. uh, one of yes. those things. So. We have to have that before we go to school, darling. Half yeah, Exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So my middle class thing is uh, ahead of the weekend festivities, the fireworks, which were amazing, by the way, absolutely brilliant. Um, uh, uh, was it? Was it? Uh, I suppose it, well, it, it was warm. Was it? Was it strange with those fireworks that it was really warm? It wasn't that warm actually, because the the display didn't start to cause to ten, so it cooled down a little bit by then but yeah i suppose it was unseasonably warm uh for that but the the fireworks were incredible they, they always put on a really good show there's a massive Who pays for that that council i think the eastbourne bonfire society raised yeah. money and pay for it that way and there's a massive bonfire the biggest bonfire you've ever seen on the beach and all sorts and yeah really good day was had by all but where i was going with my middle class antics matthew was um Ahead of the weekend, I thought, as my lovely fiance was coming to stay, I thought I'll get some something nice in for breakfast on Sunday morning. Um, so I bought some croissants. Now, um, croissant. The, the, the one thing I'm going to say is buying food for one person or two people is a nightmare. Like literally, the croissants I could have bought a pack of eight, which I would never have eaten, a pack of six, which we never would have eaten. So in the end, I had to sp- spend more money to get the taste, the difference, extra special. Uh, croissants got four. I think they were two pounds thirty. Yeah, well, <laughs> look at me, Mister Big Bucks, eh? And um, in the end, we didn't eat them because we decided to go out for something to eat instead. So by the by, so I thought, well, I'll, when I got up on Monday morning, I thought I'll have I'll have one of those croissants for my uh, for my for my breakfast. First of all, uh, do you hate your croissant or do you have it cold? Well, this is where I'm going. So I thought I'll I'll I'll, I'll look on the pack. I mean, I, I don't mind either way. And I thought I'll, I will heat them. 
So I looked on the pack to see the cooking instructions. Now, obviously, most things that uh, that Sainsbury's do would have the cooking instructions from chilled or from frozen. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know what it says on the back of the croissants? Because obviously you don't keep them in the fridge. Any ideas? Do not heat. No, it says from ambient. So I'd kept my croissants at my ambient temperature, darling. And then I went and had them with the jam. <laughs> don't you know, darling? <laughs> I, I do like a croissant. And what we have found is an almond. Because in Ramsgate, they have a lovely, um, you know, it's, you know, it's a bit like um, the, the bars have come out, they brew their own beer. That's popular, isn't it? Very popular now. Also, I like these modern boulangeries. They're really popular. Bloody expensive. Again, middle class thing. There's one in Ramsgate called the Modern Boulangerie. Right. And they do um, an almond croissant. And again, I don't know how much it is. £3.50 or something. What? But it is amazing. It's an almond croissant. Just with almonds, I think. And it is absolutely lovely. So I, 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 I do like a croissant. I don't like them cold. I don't like anything like that warm. And also, do you know, and also another one, we talk about bakeries, you know Canterbury, at the bottom of Canterbury, there's um, a little French cafe, you know? Oh, oui, oui. Right. Have you ever been there? Uh, no. No. Right, very good French. They do a croissant with um, custard in, an almond custard, almond croissant with custard in, and that is probably the best thing you've ever had. So, you know, French French breakfasts are very, very nice. But if you if you can get an album, if you Eastbourne or must have a lot of these newfangled bakery sort of places because they're really popular at the moment. Very expensive, really popular. But if you can get find an almond croissant, they are the, they are the nuts, mate. Although the almonds they are. I told you you'd have lots of middle class stories to tell us. Yeah, um, yeah, so, yeah. But I, I, well, middle class story this weekend. Another one. I had my lunch at Harrods at the weekend as well. Because, <laughs> you know, yeah. So because my sister-in-law was doing a half marathon through the parks of London. So we went up to support her. I absolutely had a brilliant time, A, because the weather was so good, and B, I, I, I'm quite an excitable chap. And what no. I did, because when we were running, waiting for people, you could high-five rubbish because they all got – shout their names out because all their names are on the front of their vest i was absolutely i was honestly for about half an hour every two every 30 seconds go on brian go on thing high-fiving all these runners i absolutely loved it so, so such a again i'm not really a runner but what an event this was it was in the it was in hyde park the organization of about sixteen thousand people doing a half marathon fair play to us what a brilliant event Brilliant atmosphere and absolutely brilliant for me to shout out random names every 20, 20 to 30 seconds saying you can do this. Excellent. Uh, well, I'm sure they're all very grateful for the support as well. And also, uh, just to round off the boulangerie, a bakery talk, uh, it's quite a nice bakery, not too far from my house. It's called Lidl's. So don't worry too much about uh, want to get caught up with these almond croissants in this, these times of austerity and tough times for everybody. Cost of living crisis. Matt Gerard is buying almond croissants with custard and he wants to tell you all well, about I, I, it. Well, I, I, the, the lunch I had at Harrods, it was a roast beef and horseradish ciabatta honestly 12 pounds 10 pounds and to be fair it was worth every single penny it was just melting your mouth 
um, thing. I'm not really a foodie, but I love walking around Harrods to look at some of the food they have there. You know, I just, just, I just like wandering around Harrods because hey, you can go look at a telly that's worth eighty-five thousand or something ridiculous. But yeah, I just, if we're talking about middle class, all these lovely people wandering around Harrods. And I always want to know how much these hand, handbags are because the kids are going, oh, how much is this one? Try to pick it up. And we, we have to tell them to put it back down because uh, what I find is they haven't got any prices on. So if they haven't got, if you can't see the price, it's probably too expensive, isn't it? Absolutely. Yeah. They're aiming at people who don't care what the price is, aren't they, with those sorts yeah. of things? But no, but, uh, yeah, it was, yeah. I, I had a lovely time in London. Yeah. Middle classing it up, mate, I was. Well, excellent. Well done. Unless you weren't some sort of disappointing second prize, but you went to the best one, Harrods. Uh, all mm. good. Uh, it's our 268th episode this week, and it took me a while to, to realise it, but I knew the number rang a bell. It's the number of runs that Ali Brown scored in 2002 when Surrey played Gloucestershire in a 50-over game. Uh, his innings, which took 160 balls, included 34s and 12 sixes. It was a world record limited over score for 20 years. It was finally surpassed last year when Narayan Jagadisan scored 277. Uh, there's even a bar called the 268 bar at the Oval, which I'm sure has been frequented by a friend of the show, Nigel Jones. I bet he'd happily pay £50 to be wow. in that one. And it was a legendary innings when 50-over county cricket was still deemed important, unlike these days. But yeah, 268 runs in 50 yeah. overs, not bad. That, well, that, well, I take it one of the pitches must have been close to the bound. Well, he was a bit of a big hitter, didn't he play for England? But again, talking about cricket, because the World Cup's on, okay, this, this seems another convoluted tournament like the oh, rugby one that goes on forever until we get anywhere. What I don't understand about this Cricket World Cup is, if you're not familiar with the format, because why would you be? Um, there's only 10 teams in it, and they all play everybody once, and then there's semi-finals and a final. So basically, so there's, not two, there's not even two groups, is there? No, you're going all around the country, and, and the travelling is insane. They're going all around the country, playing everybody else, to not, I think it's something like 40 group games to knock out six teams. It's absolute madness. And for me... And I know the Rugby World Cup's had its critics because of, um, you know, some of the lesser teams seemingly don't aren't any good, like Australia, for example. Um, but, <laughs> but I know that like the Cricket World Cup, as far as I'm concerned, should not be restricted to just ten teams. I think there should be a minimum of sixteen. You know, and yeah, you do get your your odd hidings, but then also Ireland have beaten England. Um, the Netherlands have beaten England in the T20 World Cup. I'm pretty sure, given the way England played against New Zealand, my former team, Norton Sports, have had a chance against England. You know, I mean, so... the West Indies aren't even there, are they? I know, Surely. the West Indies, the most fa- one of the most famous names in cricket, are not even in the World Cup. And that, there's something so wrong with that. I mean, I don't understand how you can restrict it to, to 10 teams when it's the World Cup. You know, it should be 16 teams. It should either be two groups of of eight or maybe even three groups of six and then the top two go through or whatever just get it just just do it that way and make sure that everybody gets an opportunity you know because your teams you know there are emerging teams and it was really interesting actually when England played Ireland uh, just before the Cricket World Cup and they were basically saying that getting test status has set Ireland back so far it's unbelievable because they they barely played any test matches in the what five years that they've been a test match country um, and also now that any Ireland players are classed as overseas players if they want to play county cricket. So therefore, they're not being exposed to the to the bigger to the more regular games, not being able to grow their skills 
because it's such a small pool. And then they get to the World Cup. You'd think as one of the elite, what, 11 test-playing countries in the world, Ireland should be in that World Cup. And then well, surely, if you're, if you're a test-playing nation, surely you should be automatically qualified for the World Cup. Absolutely. It's it's insane. And, that, and I really hope that they have a rethink before the next one, which is, what, four years away, and, and make it sure that, that there's more teams involved, more people playing, and, you know, everybody gets an opportunity. Because, you know, cricket... I'm a cricket fan. I know not everybody is, and this is probably really boring, all of you uh, on the uh, who don't like cricket. But for me, if cricket wants to grow as a game, it needs to be making its way in in the world. You know, like you look at the way that Afghanistan, it was it was a, a symbol of hope uh, to people in Afghanistan, that cricket team, when, when everything sort of came together. And, and I just think it's really disappointing that, you know, teams are not getting opportunities. And, and I'm pretty sure that the cricketers in West Indies, Zimbabwe, Ireland, and all the teams who are also on the periphery who who have hopes of qualifying, uh, I feel like, you know, they're missing out by not being part of this World Cup. And and young players in that country have got nothing to aspire to. It's almost as if, Matt, it's as good an idea as playing a new competition and playing in our only eight counties and stuff in the rest. Mm. Oh, yeah, that's what yeah. we did as well. Mm. Anyway. Move on, mate. That, that cricket middle-class sport, mate, though, all the way. Absolutely. Um, yeah, definitely. So let's get on with the show. Uh, and we'll talk about football instead, shall we? The FA Cup taking centre stage uh, with, as I said earlier, eight Kent teams ready for the last of the six qualifying rounds before the Football League teams enter. There's three teams from the National League South, two from the National League make their bow in this year's competition and three from the Isthmian League South East. One of those last three is at home, a first home tie in the run to the fourth qualifying round and a chance for Cray Valley PM to get into the hat for the second time in four seasons. The same season, Steve McKim led Tunbridge Angels to the first round and a big home defeat to Bradford City. And now those two successful parties from 2020 are one. And McKim is aiming to take Cray Valley there again. And as you revealed to Matt earlier in the week, learn lessons from that game against the Bantams. We're um, going in the right direction at the minute. We've... Um... Played well. We've had a few replays in the Cup, FA Cup, so it's, it's made us only play three league games. Um, and like you say, so our last, last league game was Phoenix away, uh, Bank Holiday Monday. Yeah, I was going to say um, about that. Um, I think you're on a run of 11 Cup games on the spin. Um, probably. Yeah, did you, first of all, how does that feel to you? That seems a little bit bizarre that you have only played three league games. And as a manager... Does your yeah. mentality change when you're playing cup games rather than league games? Sorry, I missed that. Say that again. Does, does your mentality as a manager, how you approach a game, different from a cup game to a league game? No, I just think every game you want to win or, or you want to give your best shot. And, and that's what we've done with every game. You know, whether it's been league, cup, Kent Cup, whatever game we've played in, um, we, we've given our best shot. And it's about trying to win. And uh, if we win, you just got to go, go forward to the next game. So... Like I say, we've got, I think the next three games is Enfield, then we go Kent Cup, and then we go FA Trophy. So, again, it'd be another two weeks before we even play our league game. So, but you just, you, you got to embrace it. You know, it's good money for the club that we're in at the moment. And then we've got to concentrate on the league after that. I presume you'll be playing soon enough Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday for a while, which I presume the players would rather do than train, I suppose, when you look at it that way. Yeah, of course, sir. Would you ask a player, he'd rather travel into a game than travelling to training I was like that as a player as well um, I think we've got seven this month we've got eight lined up for next month um, and I think with the Merstrom game called off that goes in December so we're going to have quite a few in December but unfortunately or, or fortunately that's that's what happens when you, when, you, when you get a bit of success and we've been successful in the Cups listen we're, we're not 
we're not going to win the FA Cup, um, but if we can go as far as we can and earn money for the club, that's what it's all about. If you can get into the first round and, and get a league club at home, you've got a chance of revenue for TV. So that, that's what we're looking at. Enfield are going to be ever so tough. Um, and then I see the draw today. We've got Chatham away again um, in the FA Trophy. So in terms of cup games, we've only been drawn once, and that's Enfield at home. <laughs> that is a big game. I suppose good thing about it, you're not playing Carl Shorten this week. I know... How satisfying was that with Carl Shorten? What happened with you leaving them at the end of the season last year that you came on top in the, in the three games you played? I've had, I've had it before the, before the games and, and even even up to now, you've just asked me the same question as what people have been going on about. To me, it's another game of football. I'm not hell-bent on getting victories over teams that I've been manager or played for and stuff like that. Doesn't, that doesn't interest me. All I'm interested in is getting the players prepared to play a game of football that we need to win. And we needed to win the Carl Shorten games because the money that was at stake, you know, we end up getting about eight and a half, nine grand for the club over the two games we beat them. And, and that's massive for our football club. And like I say, we've, um, this football club has allowed me within, in the constraints of the budget to build a squad. Whereas at Carl Shorten, I wasn't allowed to build a squad. And that's, that's the only gripe I've got with that club. I've, I've got on well with everybody there. Didn't have a, I've not got a bad word to say about anyone, but I was allowed to build a squad here with the finances that were put in place. And we've done that, and it proved it by making seven changes on Saturday. Ahead of Enfield, Enfield, a league above, well-supported, big non-league club in the day. What do you expect from them? A really, really tough game. I know Gav, Gav well from his Met Police days. Um, I know the players that are there from playing against them last year, that they've kept quite a few. He's brought some good players in from, from his Met Police team and others. Um, and listen, we're, 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 we're the underdogs, let's get this right, because we're a league below. And what we've got to do is we've got to make sure that we stand up to the challenge that they pose to us, um, put our best foot forward, not get stage fright, which I don't believe the players will have, and enjoy the occasion and play the game rather than the occasion. Because like you said, they're going to be well supported, well backed, and all we've got to do is just overcome what's put in front of us, which is going to be very, very difficult. But I've got a lot of faith in, in the squad that we've built um, and the players are buying into everything that we're doing and they're, they're relishing and getting the rewards for it. They've been quite successful with Cray. They beat Magnet a couple of years ago and, and I think yep. they enjoyed the, you know, they lost to Haven't quite um, unluckily as well in the first round. So it, the Cup's been kind to them and how much it will be to you? You took um, Tunbridge to the first round for the first time in a number of years, a couple of years ago when you were there as well. What yep. does the Cup mean to you? Oh, massive. Because like I say, we, we took Tombridge to the first round the first time in 50 years. Um, this club have been in the first round, like you said, a few years ago. If we do make it, it's the second time myself and Barry have got to the first round in the last three or four years. I can't quite remember what it was, which is a, a, a good feat for us. And also, I look at it and I think that it, it gives me the opportunity not to make the same mistake I made against uh, Bradford. Mm. Now, we got the first round. There was no fans there. But I made, I made a big error in that, thinking that I could play a system against a league club that backfired on me. So I, I took responsibility on the day for that. Um, and it's, it's something I've learned from. And if we do manage to get there and, and play a team from higher up, I won't make the same mistake because you learn from your mistakes. And it'll be a massive achievement for everybody at the football club if we were to make it. But again, Enfield are going to be a tough, tough task to, to get through. It's interesting what you say there. I don't know how many games you've managed, probably... No, I'm probably 500. Been long, numerous, uh, long managerial, Chris. Are you always learning as a manager? 
100%. You know, anyone that tells you any difference at all, because there's always things you need to learn for, from each game you play. Um, might only be a little thing, but that little thing adds up to, by the end of it, massive things. Because if you keep making them mistakes, then, then you come unstuck all the time. Um, and I think that as players, as managers, as coaches, football's about learning. And if you can't learn from other people and learn from your mistakes, then you're in the wrong game because no, no one gets it right all the time. And, and you'll be looking forward to Saturday. I suppose, luckily, your game was called off in the week, um, which was good of the league to allow that as well. So, two big training sessions to get it into the players, is it? Yes, we've got Tuesday and Thursday to train and prepare for um, Enfield. They had their game called off as well. They were supposed to play Kingston on Wednesday, so I believe they've had their game called off yeah. as well. And it's one of those. It, it, it's a big opportunity for, for one of us to, to get through into that next round and a possible mouthwater in tie and like I say it's going to be an exciting day but listen the the pressure will be on them because they're a higher league club it might only be one league but they're flying at the minute in the league above we're doing well in our league even though we've only played three games but we've done well in the cups you know but we've got nothing to fear because we went to Carl Shorten we didn't fear them I know what we've got in our building the players are, 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 are full of full of beans if you like and excitement about the tie but won't get, won't get too cocky within themselves because they know how tough it's going to be. And we've got level-headed boys that want to do well for themselves in the football club. Well, first of all, Matt, I wonder how many conversations he's had about those Carl Shorten matches. Uh, but, Matt, the stand-up for me in that was when he spoke about that Bradford game. A, a tough game against Enfield awaits, but it would be absolutely amazing if Steve got that chance of another crack at the first round, wouldn't it? Uh, if you're going on passion and want to do it... He's really up for it. Again, I'm really looking back and feel it's a tough game for him. But, you know, they haven't, they're unbeaten this season, which is a phenomenal effort when you go into the middle of October. Uh, they're at home. Again, they've beaten Carl Shorten, uh, the same level. Um, three, You know, I beat played from three times and, um, and got through two of the games and got through after a replay on the other. So, yeah, I've got to think they've got nothing to fear. I think Steve McKim's got a point to prove. Some would say um, he was probably harshly treated by Tunbridge and have gone for somebody different. Uh, he's probably managing at a level lower than he probably thinks he should do. I think he probably is a level manager above and he might get there with Cray or a Conference South manager. Experienced manager, a person that I don't think um, as a player, I think would he be tough to impress? I think you have to do your job for Steve McKim and clearly... He's got players who've followed him around. Um, but I think he's um, done a phenomenal achievement so far this season. Um, playing 11, what it is, cup games on the spin, but still unbeaten. And 90 minutes away from Derby County away. And what a phenomenal achievement that would be. They, they did it before. Nobody gave him a chance against Maidenhead a couple of years ago. So um, why not? Fantastic opportunity for them. Yeah, I, th- I think Steve McKim is, is, is a good guy to play for, I think, actually. And... That's taken by the fact that players have, have followed him around the place. And it was very interesting. You know, he said, I've got nothing bad to say about Carl Shorten, but here I've been able to build the squad yeah. that I want to build. And, you know, Cray Valley have been a successful team since we've been doing this podcast. Obviously, they got to Wembley, didn't they, under Kevin Watson? Um, they've had a really good run knocking around. They, they got promoted. They've been in and around the playoff places in the Eastman League Southeast. But I think Steve McKim will be hoping he can take them to the next level. And, you know, it was great when they got to the Cup first round three years ago but it was covid times this is an opportunity to really put them on the map you know if they can win on saturday 
get themselves in the hat, get a, a better tie than they got last time. I mean, having a Waterloo away was not a great tie. But even then, they gave it a really good go, if I remember rightly. Yeah. You know, but they could they could get a tie, as he said there. They could get on telly, loads of money into the club, and that's the most important thing, you know. And it puts the name out there because I'm pretty sure, and and I'm I'm ready to be corrected on this, but I reckon if you took a stroll along the streets around Cray Valley PM Stadium, uh, where I drove up to last year, I reckon if you walked down on that big roundabout and said, "Did you know that there's a football team that's played down the corner around here?" I've got a feeling quite a few people would be like, "No." I support West Ham, I support Charlton. Uh, but it's an opportunity to, to put the name on the map, isn't it? Uh, I, I think it's a it's a, um, a, a name that would, if they do get there, Cray Valley Paper Mills, the mainstream press will be all over them. For, it's, it's a kind of, it's a romantic name, isn't it, Cray Valley Paper Mills? If they got through, you know, the press they would get would be absolutely phenomenal. It is going to be difficult against Enfield. I'm thinking there should be a very healthy crowd because, Enfield are quite a well-supported team, so I'm sure they'll bring um, a good couple of hundred fans down to it. I'm sure the people who are in the local area with no Premier League games, with just been international break, would have a look at it. A team from a lower level, I think, are they the lowest? Them and Ramsgate and Sheppey, I think the lowest teams left at lowest level tonight, so... Yeah, I think Sheppard United on league position are the lowest ranked team left in the cup, but there are a few yeah. other teams from that yeah. level still knocking about, but that, that, that is the lowest level. There's no one lower. And again, and again, there's still people like Adam Coombs. I had to Google Adam Coombs when I saw him. He's still banging in the goals. How old he is? I think he's only about 30 odd. Been around the houses, always a goal scorer. Um, Steve McKim's getting the best out of him. Uh, it'll be a fantastic story for him. I think it's quite a good draw, really, Enfield. I know Enfield. Had a good result against Hales Owen away from home in the previous round, but I think it's good. Home tie, which you said they haven't had that many of this season uh, in the first round with the replays they got through. But yeah, I, I'm, I'm hopeful for Steve McKim just to, when he said in that interview, to right the wrongs, maybe if we got it wrong in the, in the first round before. And fingers crossed that they can get through or at least be in the hat and get a replay and see who they get. But I think they've got a chance. I think Steve McKim's got a point to prove. And I think the players, that unbeaten run means a lot, I think, this season. And they want to that continue. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, to, to be this late in the season and still have not lost, you know, for a team that has played a lot of cup competitions, played the FA Cup, played the FA Trophy, it's a very, very impressive, uh, it's a very, very impressive achievement, isn't it, for, for Cray Valley to have uh, to, to have been unbeaten as they are. And, and like you said, Steve McKim, probably should be managing one, if not two levels higher. You know, he had great success at Tunbridge Angels. It's a phenomenal job. Um, and, you know, I remember he's, he's always been you know, very good to this show as well. You know, you can, you can always guarantee if you text him, he'll get back to you and, and make time to speak to us. And, you know, I thought that was a really good interview, actually. And, and like I said to you, I, the bit when he was talking about that Tunbridge Angels game, you, you could hear, you could hear the hurt, couldn't you, in, in, yeah. in that? Because, you know, again, that was a COVID one. There was no one in the ground, but it was on the telly. Uh, and and they lost that they unfortunately lost really heavily. But you know I I think he's learned the lessons. And as he, and as he said there, as a manager, you're never too old to stop learning, are you? No, no I, I think he must have had a lot of games. But I think he arguably a better achievement if he can get Cray into the first round than he would he did at Tunbridge. So and I know he's very proud of what he achieved at Tunbridge, getting them in for the first fifty years in fifty years getting into the first round. But I think a lot of people in Kent football who know him as a player who played for a lot of Kent sides around it, Margate, Epsley, or Grayson as they were then, 
we'll be really hoping that he can do it. Absolutely. Uh, Ramsgate and Sheppard United are both on the road uh, with more than 230 fans booked on coaches to go and follow the former in their clash at AFC Totten. Uh, well, it's Billericke for Sheppy, and the exciting news about Billericke against Sheppy is Matthew Gerrard. I'm going to be there. Yes, this you will, are. You're I, going to be there. I think this will be the first time I've ever seen Sheppard United play. Um, I think I've been to Billericke's ground before many moons ago, but I'm looking forward to it. Billericke against Sheppey. I've heard some good things about the, um, the players. So uh, I've seen Sheppey before. So I'm against Chatham in that cup, didn't I? Yes. We did see him. So I have seen Sheppey before, but in a in a proper game, I'm looking forward to seeing them against Billericke. It's going to be a tough tie. Um, I think both Ramsgate and Sheppey have got tough games, I think, really, haven't they? Um, we'll look at Sheppey first. Disappointing result against Ramsgate at the weekend. Billericke. I've got a number of players that are known to people in Kent, Aziz, Bradley Stevenson, um, who's supposed to be a very good player and people are surprised he's still there, hasn't gone up higher the level. Sheppy, hopefully got the you know the disappointing result last week out of the way against Ramsgate, but they've got a chance to make history, John. Um, first time in their history they could be in the first round of the FA Cup. And I know they've got passionate supporters. It's not that far for them to go, I don't think. So I expect to a heavy contingent of fans going. So really looking forward to it. And fingers crossed, I can I can be there to witness history. Yeah, absolutely. They have got some very good forward players, particularly, you know, Danny Leonard, uh, yeah. Dan Bradshaw. I'm not sure if Bradshaw's going to be fit or not. Aidan in goal, obviously, we had on a couple yeah. of weeks ago. Uh, very good goalkeeper for that level of football. Um, Billericay, you know, will be a test. I've, I've been to Billericay a few times. Uh, but when I used to go there, I know the ground's been redone since then. I can't even remember that bloke's name. We bought the club. Tamplin? Glenn? Yeah, Glenn Tamplin, yeah. That's him. Um, but when I used to go, there was way before his time. And, and I remember that the press seating uh, was inside um, on a, in a sort of, um, I'd say, glass room that reminded me a bit of Dumpton Park Dog Track, if you remember that. Mate. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. And I sat there with like a, a desk and a power and a, and a plug socket. And that was it. You couldn't really get into the atmosphere. You couldn't really see both ends of the pitch. But I'm sure the facilities will be much better when you're there uh, on Saturdays. As you say, it's a tough game. Billericke will be desperate, just like Sheppard United, to get through. But, you know, all the pressure's on Billericke there because people are turning up. Their fans are turning up expecting to win. Sheppard United fans are turning up hoping to have a great day. And, you know, if they can make history, it'll be absolutely incredible. And, and, and I wouldn't rule it out. And I also would not rule out Ramsgate. I mean, they've already beaten two sides from step three uh, on their little run in the cup, as, as Shepard in the last round. We must mention they beat Merthyr away from home. Ramsgate have already knocked out Cray Wanderers and Chatham. Uh, I was at the Chatham game and Ramsgate were magnificent that day. AFC Totten down there. As I say, 230 fans at least are uh, going to be roaring on the Rams in that game as well. I think it's four coaches and a minibus all filled up by the club. And I was just looking on Facebook and there's people saying, oh, I need some coach tickets if there's any going. You know, the place is a buzz about this game for Ramsgate. And and AFC Totten, they're just outside the playoff places, aren't they, in, in the same vision as, as Merthyr Town, uh, the Southern Premier South. But they're a decent team, that, and I'm sure they've got a little bit of history as well in the Cup, I think. Um, and, and I think that, you know, like Billericke, they'll be expecting to get through. But I, if you said to me one of these two is going to get through, Right now, and I apologise to anyone from the island, right now I would say I'd back Ramsgate. Uh, I've just got an inkling that they're, that they're going to do it. You know, they've got Joe Taylor, who's, who's got the goals. And I, I just think 
you know, it's a, it's an opportunity. And, and, you know, Ramsgate were last in the first round, I think, in 2004, five, something like that. Yeah, 2005 Maybe. against Nuneaton. 2005 against Nuneaton. And, and they will be desperate to get through and get a better tie than that, won't they? Yeah. And I, I mentioned that people at work know I like my football and they said, oh, Ramsgate have got a big game this week. And they're all going, oh, if they get through, we'll go up. You know, they'd love to sort of see it. So I don't know much about Tottenham. I see Scott Rendell always seems to score against Kent clubs. He plays them and Sam Magrio, I know from Dover days. So um, I, I, I think they've got nothing to fear, Ramsgate. Um, they're, a, they're in good form. They say they've got Joe Taylor. He's a goal scorer. If it comes to the crunch and a chance falls to him, he's likely to put the ball in the back of the net. So I think it's it's key. Whoever takes the chances in that game um, can get him to win. Um, I, 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 think, I, I think Ramsgate have got a chance at least to get a replay. It's going to be tough for Sheppey. You've just got to hope that they have, their performance hasn't come against Merthyr because nobody predicts them to get a result against Merthyr. But um, I'm sure Sheppey will have plenty of fans there as well, as I mentioned. And people will be expecting Billy Ricky to win. But let's, Ernie Batten and his boys, be a phenomenal achievement. Just as FA Cup's brought some great memories for me watching football. And if you're a Sheppey fan, you must think you won't be able to sleep Friday night. You thinking we could be in the first round of the FA Cup. That's what dreams are made, about, made of. And um, I'm sure they'll go there with nothing to fear. And fingers crossed they can do it. Yeah, I wasn't losing my mind when I was saying about AFC Totten having a little bit of cup history. I kind of said that and then thought, oh, have I made that wrong? Uh, but actually, do you see FA Vars final in 2007? Uh, and then a four, five years later, uh, they reached the FA Cup second round where they lost at home to Bristol Rovers, uh, which I did remember that happening. Uh, they lost 6-1 in that time. I'm sure that was on TV. But obviously a long time since then. They've been uh, relegated a couple of times since then and back up. And they won the league last year. Uh, to get promoted. So they're on the crest of a wave. I suppose it'll be like Chatham were. And we all know what happened when Ramsgate played Chatham. Have they got a famous manager, FC Tom? Somebody who's played as well. Jimmy Ball is their manager. There's definitely someone related to AFC Totten and it's got them in the in the national press. And I can't remember. Jimmy Ball is Alan Ball's son. And he's Alan Ball's son. Is he? Yeah, Alan Ball's son, yeah. You are correct. He is Alan Ball's son. Who I know he's got a, he had a bit of... Um, history before so yeah interesting so we'll have to wait and see so uh, it's exciting isn't it it's, it's, it's when you've got this many teams a, through, signed a five-year deal blimey crikey yeah. when you've got eight teams in the hat it's it's the most exciting weekend of the season isn't it because the dreams are so close for people uh, so there we go. Uh, both of our National League sides at home, Bromley against Wealdstone, uh, Ebbsfleet against Slough Town. Uh, the latter of those could certainly use a win. Uh, well, all three of the National League South trio are on the road. Welling go to Borehamwood, Maidstone head to the scene of their league win on Saturday as they head to Torquay and Dover go to Eastleigh. A tough place to go, but the Whites are buoyed by a two-all draw against league leaders Taunton Town. The star turn for Mitch Brundlesman at the moment is teenager Archie Hatcher, who netted a fine free kick in that draw. And his reward for scoring that goal... Was to speak to Matt Gerrard after the game. If you look at the amount of chances we had in the first half, you think we could have had it dead and buried at half time. Um, but even to go in at 1 0 up, that would have still been a positive. But we let them back in the t- uh, into the game and we were disappointed to go go um, in 2 1 down at half time. But a, a point against at the top of the league again is another valuable one. Clubs, do you think moving in the right direction has been a difficult start to the season? 
Yeah, I think if you look at our last three or four games, we're unbeaten. Like two in the FA Cup, and we've got a big game next week. Um, our last two league performances have been against the top of the league, so you've got to take that as a positive, and it's another step in the right direction. For you personally, it's been, you're 18, you can still play on academy games in midweek. Um, you're in the side, you scored twice in the last two league games. Um, first of all, talk us through your free kick. Oh, I've never scored one. Um, <laughs> so why were you on it? When they put me on it, I was shocked, if I'm being honest. But I was set-piece taker for the academy last year. Didn't score one. So I'm actually delighted to to get my free kick campaign off the off the start but um, yeah when it hit the net I was delighted again you bent it around the wall nicely yeah when it set up the wall it was a big wall I thought I was never going to go over it so I had to set it up to go around it and what's that feeling when the ball hits the back of the net like ah, it's indescribable I have no words for that mm. will you be watching the video back on that yeah, of course. I think I watch all my games back, but especially this one. Yeah. The academy must be really proud of you because say you can still play academy games, but you're playing in. What is the difference between an academy game and then playing in a level or this level? There's only one. There's one difference, and that's the physicality. You're playing against men in the national league south, whereas you're still playing against physical lads in the in the under 19s national league. But as I said, it's just the physicality. The intensity is still the same in and out of the academy. And as I said, it's just the physicality. You think you've grown into that, knowing that physicality when you now? You've got to fill out, you've got to work on your game off the, off the field? Yeah, I think last season I was playing more as a centre forward. So over the summer I was working on my, my body shape, trying to pin defenders. And I think that's paid off at the start of this season. I don't fill out my depth and I'm thoroughly enjoying my time in there. Have you set yourself, you know, that's two goals you scored this season. Uh, do you set yourself any targets? No, I think I just take it as it comes. I take my chances when they come and I don't think setting targets is the best option for me right now. Next week, big game, fourth qualifying round of the FA Cup. I know you went, played against Brighton in the Youth Cup when they went far last year. It's a big game, they're, they're doing well in the league above. It's, it's going to be a tough ask, but as the managers have said, anything could happen. Yeah, you look at their result in midweek, they thumped Eastley 5 two, um, sorry, thumped Ebsfleet 5 2. And to have the run that we did in the FA Youth Cup last year, it would be unbelievable to replicate it in the senior team this year. Again, have you played there before for the, against, for the academy? Never played at their ground. We played uh, nearby Astro. Um, we won and we've lost there so that'll be nice to win there this time Again, they're a big physical strength, strong side so what would be the difference for David need to get to try and beat them? Just we stand our ground can't change our game because if we change our game then it may have an impact on the final result we've got, we go in there with nothing to lose so you've got to look at the positives we're the underdogs and we're going to go and go and try and cause an upset And you're enjoying it are you? This must be great 18 years of age two goals at this level yeah, it's, it's a great experience and to do it with a youngie who I've played with since I was a young, uh, young boy, um, it's an unbelievable experience. Uh, he spoke well, uh, the young man there, Matt, and he's making a real impression on the first team at the moment, isn't he? Yeah, it, it, you know, you don't want to get carried away, but... Clearly, you don't want to get carried away, shall I tell people what you text me or not? <laughs> I, <am. laughs> I was a bit facetious there, but no, but... No. But, you know, you need, again... Today we've had some good youngsters coming through who haven't sort of gone to the next level, I would say. They've still got a few of them now that you think, oh, they've had plenty of experience but can't do it. But he, this guy's youngster's come in. Clearly, he has got a bit of pedigree, a lovely free kick. He scored. He got the assist for the first goal. Um, I don't know what his best position is. Probably as a 10. But, you know, you know, if you see a player who's, you know, he loses the ball, he wins it back. So... He has short clearly. He's probably one of the first names in the team sheet at the moment. He's got he's got good hunger, good ability. 
and everybody wants them to do well because all you care about is that, you know, somebody who's come to the academy doing well. And if he does well, other clubs will look at him and moves on. People like Sean Raggett and, you know, everybody loves to see how they're doing so well. Big test for them this weekend against Eastleigh. Um, if you go on the Dover Forum, which you go on there, they do a prediction league that everybody, um, all the fans can put the results in. Nobody is tipping Dover to win. And I would say it will be a tough game against Eastleigh. But you never know. We've with just, with the 18 we've just right, sat here. We've just sat here and said Ramsgate at Totten, they can win that. Sheppard United are away at Billericay, they can win that. It's exactly the same gap, gap in levels of football. So why on earth can't Dover Athletic, with the unknown young prospect that we've just heard from, go and cause an upset? And again, all the pressure is on Eastleigh because Eastleigh will have looked at Dover over the past few years and thought, hello, this is, that's a lovely draw. You know, but nothing to lose for Dover, is there? And, and you know, go there, make a name for yourselves. It's, it's the same conundrum for Dover as it is for every other team that we just talked about in step, from step four. Yeah, I just don't think Dover have got the ability to keep a clean sheet. And you look at the front three that Eastleigh have, if they all play, McCallum, Quigley and Maguire could cause Dover problems. So I'd love, love you know, you know my feelings for Eastleigh. Listen back to 267 episodes of this pod. Um, not, the, not my most... Uh, most loved club, and I'm absolutely jumped for joy. If Sheppy get through and Dover get through, I'll be on the pitch with them celebrating. So uh, it's going to be a tough one. How many sides? Well, we always say the question how many sides are we getting through here, John? Uh, four. Maybe five. Oh. Do you think May's take a minute to okay? Did on Saturday. Why can't they no, again? No. I expect, both, I expect both Ebb Street and Bromley to go through. Yeah. We'll get, we'll get one of, of our lower cards. league sides through. Eastby and South East side, one of them will get through. Yeah. Convinced about that. And then we'll we'll see from there. So Welling, difficult one. I know I'll make Nigel. We mentioned last week that Bournemouth might want to make some money out of this. And clearly they have. So we did tell you, Nigel, crazy club Bournemouth. And, and as he said to me in a text, you know, they are bankrolled by Arsenal. Do they need... 50 quid of Nigel's hard-earned money. Probably not. So I feel a bit for him there. So um, hopefully Welling can get a uh, result there and he can put two fingers up him. Absolutely. It'll be uh, it'll be perfect. Yeah, good luck to all eight of those teams. Uh, the draw, I've just heard, is on Sunday. Uh, I think it's on ITV at about half past two on Sunday afternoon. And let's hope that whoever's pulling those balls out of the hat has the opportunity to pull out some of those teams from Kent. It'd be absolutely fantastic. Uh, let's stay with the National League South, where Dartford enjoyed a fine result on the road as they saw off Chippenham 4-1. They've moved within four points of the top seven. Uh, Tommy Daniels said six goals with Hemel Hempstead and ended 2-2 with between Welling and Farnborough. Surely with Mason only 1-0 at Torquay, that's the first time this season all five of our teams in that division have avoid, avoided defeat on the same day. Dartford and Angels are both in league action on Saturday as well, with the darts on the road again, this time at Hampton and Richmond, one of the former clubs of their boss, Alan Dowson. And Angels travel to Weymouth. Do you, do you think Dartford might have turned the corner, Matt? Yeah, I think that's a good result for them at Chippenham. Well, they're only four points off the playoffs. Maybe that break in play going out of the FA Cup maybe done them a little bit of a favour. Uh, I think got Josh Johnson back as well. Saw when he played for, Ox, for Dartford for Oxford last season. Um, I think he's a decent player. So there was a little bit of panic. I think it the Tunbridge game was a massive game for them, wasn't it? But they've had a bit of time off, can work together. Now it's maybe get some results, put pressure on the sides who are in front of them are in the cup, so they've got to play catch-up. So, yeah, this morning. Also, did you see Tom Bonner came out of retirement? 
I did. I was reading an article actually where Alan Dowson was talking about. It. He, he actually was registered for Dartford earlier in the yeah. season uh, and was almost on the bench for them. But now it happened at Waterlooville. But Alan Dowson saying he can't play every week. So you know, it's it's a, probably a risky move um, from Steve King to bring him in, but also a player that he knows he he can depend on uh, and who won't, who won't let him down when he is available. I suppose. Yeah. Um, Surprised though. Yeah, me too. Uh, again, money talks at that level. He's had a good career. Could have gone back to Dartford, but. Steve King, who he knows, haven't, again, bottom of the league, throwing cash at it, I would have thought, to try and get out of it. Well, it hasn't worked at the moment, but you, you'd have thought at some point it would do. Absolutely. In the National League, it was defeat for Epsley again on Saturday as they lost 2-0 home to Halifax while it ended 2-2 for Bromley in their trip to York, maintaining their unbeaten run uh, almost a third of the way through their seasons. It's absolutely mm-hmm. insane to tell you that those two have played 15 league games while Craig Valley, Ramsgate and Sheppey have all played three. Uh, but I'm sure both will want to take stock of their league start positive for one uh, and not so positive for the other. And, and as I kind of said earlier on, Epsley need a win on Saturday, don't they? Yeah, I, I would have thought it's a good draw for them. Slough probably might not have George Alexander will be able to play um, because on loan from Bromley. Yeah, um, I would have. Yeah, I think Epsley should be okay. Again, it's quite tight down there. So a couple of wins can push Epsley up. But the disappointing thing is they've had nine defeats out of fifteen and after struggling a little bit. And again, I'm reading it online that some of the fans are particularly. Kept changing the formation around a bit, Dennis Katrina. I think maybe the cup t- cup game has come at the right time for them. Yeah, I mean, to put that in perspective for you, Matt, uh, they've lost nine games already this season. They only lost seven in the league the whole of last season, obviously. So, you know, that's got to be the uh, concern, well, isn't it? Well, you look at the side struggling at the wrong end of this, of this division, it's all the teams are getting promoted that maybe does show that there's a bigger gap between National South and National League. So... Again, Epsley got to the second round of the FA Cup last season. There's no reason why they can't do that again if the draws are kind to them. But football's a confidence game. Slough might go there and cause a shock, and that would be disappointing for Epsley. So it's quite a big game for them, but I think they should have too much for Slough. Yeah, fingers crossed. And straight Bromley against Wildstone, and they'll be happy. They're on, they're on the crest of a wave, so they'll be uh, hoping to, to build on that and, and get into the first round. Uh, once again, because they've done it a few times in the last few I years. I think they've never got past the first round, I think, Bromley, they've never done, They've never gone past it, but they've got into it a few times. And times I yeah, Smith yeah, so. was desperate to get it through, and I'm sure Andy Woodman uh, yeah. will be desperate to do the same as well. Uh, let's go from the National League then to the Scaffold, where our sides have played between seven and 12 games so far this season. Uh, last weekend was the second ever Scaffold Groundhog, which brought big crowds to the six games that were moved for it. I was at the first of them on Friday night, where Lordswood and Corinthian played out a 1-1 draw in front of 324 supporters. Uh, James Billings' fine free kick gave the high-flying visitors the lead, but the home side created a couple of chances before winning a penalty. James Jeffrey stepped up and his effort was saved by Nathan Bowman, uh, but the F- referee ordered it to be retaken. Now, as I always do when I'm at games, I video the spot kick, and from my angle, it looked to be pretty harsh on Bowman, but pictures taken from the other side show that the keeper was just in front of his line as the ball was struck. Uh, it shows just how hard it is to be a match official, because honestly, from the video that I took, I, I was convinced that he wasn't off his line. But as I say, people have sent pictures um, showing that he was just off his line. Uh, Jeffrey made no mistake at the second time of asking. Again, in the all square, which was a fair result on the night. I spoke to both managers after the game, starting with Lords Matt Barman. I felt a little bit aggrieved to be down at half time. Um... They had probably two chances in the first half. 
although we didn't create a lot of clear cut, we had some good positions just missing that final ball, which is sometimes a little bit of a problem. But um, that's what the lads have got to learn, you know. So, um, again, we had average age of 19 out there. It's getting them final decisions right. Some, some of that's experience under pressure of a big crowd. Um, but I was really proud the way. You know, we turned that round in the second half. So. Yeah, I mean, they're, and they're a good side as well. And, and obviously, yeah. lead positions. You know, you're nearer the bottom yeah. there. Yeah, there, I think. So, uh, you know, like I said, we got a few games in hand, so um, we hope we're in a false position. <laughs> I can't say that we are because the league doesn't, table doesn't lie, but we do have a couple of games in hand. Um, got a couple of tough games coming up. Been bested and obviously, first of all, led in the league. So, um, but we're sticking to what we've been working on. You know, we're young, trying to play on the front foot, trying to press. Um, I thought some of our football at times was was good. Again, until we got to that final um, spot, I thought we should have equalised a couple of times before we did. Missed a good chance with an header from about two, three yards out. Um, we had a couple of goal mouth sort of scrambles that just weren't going to drop our way. Um, and then um, Nick the penalty, you know, with... 10 minutes to go um, but then I thought it was the worst period of our, of our game after that they had a, a boy sim binned and actually thought they had more threat than us for the last 10 minutes so again experience um, possibly something we should look at but you know I'm a great believer in experiences and age experiences experience do, do you think you've got a young team at the moment if you keep plugging away as you are two three years time down the road this yeah. team will be absolutely phenomenal I think experience is as I was just saying, you know, it's experiencing things. So if I take them out and bring them in, take them out and bring them in, because I'm bringing some older heads in there, you know, how quickly do we get to that to that point, you know? So, um, you know, we started February um, last year. Uh, we had the whole, the, the old team. We've only got two players left now in the squad from the old team. We had to give them opportunity. That's the right thing to do. Um, you know, we're looking for them lads that are probably going to be step three, possibly even step two footballers at 17, 18, 19. We probably aren't going to get the opportunities now. We'll blood them. We'll, we'll give them that opportunity. And we want, want to, you know, we want to wish them well if, if they move on, but create that revolving door that one out, one in, one out, one in. So, you know, trying to but, but have a style that they come in and they can easily slide into that. So, uh, The penalty, um, obviously he went down here. I, I had quite a good vantage point of it. it. It looked like he, it might have been a little generous, perhaps. Um, but it, you, 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 I didn't have a good view of it. Either. But it looked, it looked a little bit generous from where I was. <laughs> um, but, but I think in the overall grand scheme of things, um, you know, I possibly might argue that you know we could have got the three points on chances. Um, but I didn't think we deserved to lose, if I'm honest. So, and then actually, the, the actual penalty incident itself, um, the first penalty. Again, I've, I've got a video of it. Yeah, he doesn't look a million miles off his line. No. So, um, did you maybe get away with one in, in, in that Maybe, aspect? yeah, hundred percent. Maybe you know that's football. So, um, but I just said to the boys in there, you know, credit to you. We didn't give up. We didn't look beaten at, at any point um, in that second half. You know, we kept plugging away. We kept trying to create chances. Um, we, you know, we kept falling short, probably 20, 30 yards out because of making them wrong decisions. Um, but th- I believe in the talent in the squad that that will get better in time, you know. So, and then we'll, we'll cause anyone in this league a, a bit of an headache, you know. So, big balls from your centre forward to miss the penalty once and then slot it To be fair, he ran over. Um, you know, we took JJ from Bristol um, Ball from a couple of years of not playing. Um, he's been a 14, 15, 16 in the squad. 
I told him he's coming here, he's going to be a nine. That's his 13 for 14 game in 12, 13 games. So he's over a goal a game. He missed. I, I, you know, he ran over and got the ball. I love that. So I wasn't ever going to change change that decision. You know, you've got to you've got to back your lads. You know, so um, and he put the second one away well. So. And, and you move on now. I know you've got game Wednesday night. We won't talk about that because I'll be recording this probably when, when you're playing that. Um, but then you move on. You've got 2-0 to... Uh... <laughs> you've got the Kent Senior uh, Trophy next weekend. Yes. And I guess that's an opportunity at an away game at yeah. Lewisham Borough. You yeah, I've got a few lads that I want to give some opportunity to. Um, you know, again, that have been patient. Um, you know, you're not going to achieve anything with the same 11, 12, 13 boys. It's a squad game. So we'll, we'll give some boys some opportunity next week. Listen, if they want to... We know Lewisham are a good side and we're not underestimating them. But, but if they want to be good set five boys now, they need to be able to handle that um, environment. So, you know, the Lady Well Arena is... Um, is a good challenge for them to show what they've got about them, you know, so... And you just want to keep plugging away in this league and see where you can go? 100%. You know, listen, it's, it's, there's 34 games left for us. We've, we've only played eight, so we're, we're quite behind, just like Lid, funny enough, um, with, with a lot of games. So, um, you, 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 you know, it's it's 34 games left. Let's not panic. We've only lost one all season. We've only conceded um, over one, one goal over, one goal a game. You know, my back line is three players under 20 years old you know they'll get opportunities I had a lad my centre back who was just 18 the other week Joel centre back thought he was absolutely outstanding today you know so Ryan's been away on holiday he's just come back in um, Harvey's only 17 on the left back you know and you know that's that's the model we're going for so I can't be too critical of, of some of it because you know, if, if you sat back and what would you do to try and be successful in the scaffold, you probably wouldn't go down this line. But, you know, this is the, the road we're going down. We don't believe that, you know, we haven't got the finances. So we're a little bit driven by what we have to do. We have to, you know, get some value for money. But I think I'm getting excellent value for money for what for what I pay the boys, you know. So, um, good. Uh, I must admit, Matt, I was, I was impressed by his young side. and They didn't look out of place uh, at the level of football. And as I said to him there, if they stick with it, that young team will benefit from this experience. In a few years' time, they could be a force to be reckoned with, couldn't they? Well, they've only played eight games, John. They lost one. So, uh, as he mentioned, a very young team. I think they've gone to a different model, get the players in. Interesting, straight away, he, he spotted a couple of players who he thinks who could play two levels above at already that age. And stick with the, the club they've got, learn experience, because you're coming up against wizened old pros in this division which you'll learn, you're playing with was an old pro and you're playing against them as well. So I, I think they should be absolutely delighted with uh, how it's going. Pleased with the, the crowd they got through with the um, ground hoppers. And I think, uh, yeah, I, clearly the, a buzz about the club as well. His interview sounded, he, he seemed pretty positive. And I take it you enjoyed your day there or your evening there. Uh, once I've bloody got there, yeah, I'll tell you about my journey later on. Um, but yeah, I, I did, and and you know what? I think what Lords would have done well is is they've got youth in in the at the back, as you, as you said there. They've got youth in midfield, but they've got that quality up front in Callum Peck playing wide uh, and James Jeffrey down the middle. And Jeffrey was a handful. Um, there was one headed chance. I don't know how he didn't connect with it. Um, it was a really good opportunity, and Peck, especially in the second half, was causing all sorts of problems. Um, and you know that the, the the way that it's a bit like we were saying about young young Archie earlier on. The way that you get better playing men's football is by playing it. You know, and he says the Archie said the difference is physicality, and I'm sure these young lads at Lords would are finding that as well. 
But the fact that they're all going to be together, the fact that they're going to be united, you know, if, if, if one of these players were to get to be really impressive and get picked up by someone high up the pyramid, I'd get the feeling it'd be like, yeah, brilliant. We're really pleased about that. We'll wear it as a badge of honour. You know, we, we're producing players. And it's it's tough for Lordswood with where they are. You know, it, I mean, they're not far from Chatham. They're not far from Gillingham. You know, the, the catchment area, they've always been a solid Kent League club and, and, and Skeffel club now. And they've really pulled up any trees. So fair play to them, actually, for, for looking at it and thinking, let's find a way... Of, of making a niche and picking up these young players and giving them that opportunity. And, and you know, if they finish 10th, 12th this season, that'll be a good season for them. And then they can build on it next season and just keep going. And, and you know, this season is a different one, obviously, because you've got Faversham. But slowly and surely, the bigger teams are going to go out of this league. And then your Lordswoods are going to be in a really strong position because they'll have probably players, three years' time, they're going to have players who are 20 with the best part of 100 scaffold games behind them. You know, and, and Irith Town are the same, actually. I saw they congratulate one of their players on reaching 100 games. He made his debut as a 16-year-old three years ago. But that's the way you do it, you know, and, and the club will be better for it. And, and it brings people in, you know. There, I, what I did see, yeah, there were the usual groundhoppers around, but there were a lot of younger people there as well, probably there supporting their mates, you know. And, and I think that's the way that you build a football club, actually, at that level, is by getting local youngsters in and saying... We want to provide a good place for these people to play football. I think I think that's absolutely key. Half it is if you enjoy your football, learn off um, coaches that know what it is. You might have some ups, you might have some downs, but you, you'll be better from the experience. So um, I think it's a, a really I'm pleased for them because I think a few years ago um, they went sort of let's try and get out of this league. Didn't really work for them, but now they're looking right. Let's go down the youth route. We might not win every game. But we're growing in something, and something could develop from it. Yeah, and I thought Matt sounded very enthusiastic there. Actually, he was he was uh, certainly pleased to to have a chat with me and everything like that, you know. And it was uh, it was it was it was it was a really good sort of feel good factor around the place. Actually, I, you know, last time I went to Lords, they stayed up uh, thanks to a last minute penalty because of a, a game in Essex that went their way. Um, but you can see that now there's a, a sort of newfound belief about the place, and and you know, events like the Groundhog. That's the beauty of it because. I suspect there's people that have come down to that game on Friday night that have never even heard of Lordswood or Corinthian. And now they've come away from that thinking, well, this Lordswood side, they're young and, and they've got something about them. And, you know, people will keep an eye on these players. I, I, I think, again, if you've got a bit of quality, I'm sure teams will look at you. Um, and again, I liked how he thought he had players who could do better. So clearly you, you've got on a manager there who will work with you to make improve you. And that's all you... That's, the young player, that's all we can ask for. Absolutely. We talk about building the squad. Well, a team who were a force, we reckon, with a few years ago in the Skeffel were Corinthian. Uh, it's a very different looking hoop side that takes the field these days, with almost all of those players having moved on. And they follow Friday night's draw with a, a two-on-one over Rustle, where Michael Hagen made his second day for the club. And they sit third in the division. I spoke to their manager, Michael Golding, after the game on Friday night. When you come here, they're unbeaten. They're, they're a, an attacking young side who are quite good going forwards. Defensively, I thought we could get at them. Um, but then you see the, the video of what's gone on and, it, and I think it just leaves a bit of a, a sour taste in the mouth. Um, yeah, a, a point is OK. Um, I don't think either side really deserved to win it. I think they had a couple of chances in the second half, but I don't think the keepers have really made a, uh, a really save in the, uh, across the course of the game, to be honest. Um, you're 11 games into the scaffold season now. I know you've got another one on Tuesday night before we record this podcast, but uh, how are you generally finding the standard of it compared to where it was the last time you were in it? Poor. Um, 
I think the top end, I think the, the Faversham's and the Deals, um, I think those teams, and the, we've had good games against Snodland. Um, I, I think the standard across the ball, and, and this is probably going to come across a bit arrogant, and a, I, well, it's just being honest, um, I, I think the standard's dropped over the course of the last couple of years since we've not been in it. Um, I think some teams have improved, like you come to a Lordswood tonight and they've got a, a good front three, um, probably one of the better Lordswood sides I've seen, but I think across the ball, I think the top end's got weaker, apart from the, maybe the top three or four. I don't think we've had any real good entertaining games of football or good quality games of football. It's been more hustle and bustle, if I'm... Yeah, that's my honest opinion. It's up for you, isn't it? I mean, you know, we, we all know about the challenges that you face with, with uh, recruitment. and uh, <laughs> But, you know, there, there are challenges that you face at every season. But it looks to me like you, you've got a, a, another good bunch of lads in who are prepared to, to put the effort in for, for the badge. Yeah, the, the, the boys have been brilliant. Um, we're, we're probably more experienced this year than what we were last year. Um, we've added Michael Hagen this week, who's, who's proven at this level and he scores goals and we've just got him getting back enjoying his football. Um, but, yeah, like, there, there's no complaints from the boys. They're, they're really, really good. They do what's asked of them. Um, they're an honest bunch. They work incredibly hard. We, we sometimes lack a little bit of quality at the key times, but um, we, we know each and every single one of them is going to give us a shift. We've got a, a good core of older, experienced players that have, have played at this level, and then we've got some exciting young ones that, that we're blooding in. And um, yeah, I, I think the blend is quite nice, and yeah, hopefully it will get us to where we need to be. Good, Jamie Billing still leading the way, and some goal he scored tonight as well. We're in shut up about that, will they? Yeah, I know. It's very similar to his one on Saturday away at Deal. Um, but yeah, no, it's, um, it, it was a good goal, well taken, and just the way the keeper positioned himself, it opened itself up for the left footer. Um, and then Unwin was on it for the right foot, and, and he's got a couple already this season. But yeah, a- any goal we score, we're obviously happy with. Um, just frustrating that we couldn't really keep the clean sheet and then go and get the three points. It, I mean, if you look generally at the game, it, it probably wasn't a, a classic, but a, a good... Um, good to be involved in this ground top uh, that's, that's happened this week. Yeah, I think it's really, really good thing. I think I think it was three hundred and fifty odd fans, or just under three hundred and fifty, which is, is really good for Lordswood. Good, good attendance, good money through the gate. Um, I thought it was an, an entertaining game, possibly without any real quality in any. The boxes probably nothing really happened. Keepers have come off not really making a save, like I said earlier. But I think in between the boxes, it was competitive. There was tackles going in. There was it was it was all right. But yeah, it was entertaining without any real quality. You're still up the, the top of the table. I think at half time you were top uh, of the table, and I was really looking forward to this chat if that had been the case. <laughs> yeah, um, but where do you think realistically you, you are? Uh, do, do you think you're top half pushing for the playoffs? Yeah, I think we are. I think if you look at who we've played, particularly the away games, we've gone to Snodland and drawn 0 0, and they were probably slightly better than us on the day. Um, we've played Faversham at home and won. We've gone to Erith Town and won in a, an absolute game full of chaos, 3 0 down with 25 minutes to go. And then I think the biggest thing for me on Saturday today was although we were disappointed I thought our second half at deal was really poor they're a team that's spending a load of money and expecting to be at the top of the table and we actually did all right for the most part against them and it felt like they'd probably settled for a point and then a bit of poor defending from us um, so yeah I think we're, we're competing okay with the top teams it's just that bit of consistency we've not put a run together it's only 11 games in but we've not gone three four five six wins in a row which you probably need to do to to stay in touch with the Faversham's and the deals are now on a bit of a roll so yeah I, I said at the start of the year when I spoke to you I thought we were probably top half and I think we're probably still about that and if we can go on a run then I think we can probably challenge for that last playoff spot I think there's four teams that I would expect to get in the playoffs and then there's probably 10 teams that are, are fighting for one place it's kind of the question that I was going to go on to which I've asked almost every manager at this level 
the playoff places just give you something to aim for, don't they? Yeah, I think so. I think we're all realistic that Faversham have got the the ability to blow us all out of the water. Um, we set off at the start of every single year to win the league, and this year is no different. Um, if you're not in it to win it, like what's the point? We know obviously the constraints that we've got and the, the spending power of other teams and the ability and the player pool, but we'll fight until the, the 40th game and the 95th minute in the 40th game and see what that brings. And ultimately, we want to be playing for something going into the last month of the season, the last week of the season, the last kick of the season. Um, but yeah, I think what you'll see this year historically, you've had teams cut their budgets December, January, February and give up the season, play a load of kids. Whereas I think teams like Lordswood and other teams in and around will be chasing the playoffs and, and keep the money and keep the budgets. I think the towards the back end of the season, it'll be slightly more competitive. You're still playing it down, Matt, but they're up and around the playoff places, 12 games in, and I think they're going to be in and around the top five coming in the end of the season, no matter how many times he tells me they're no good. Yeah, I, I, I think he probably is playing it down a little bit. Interesting what he said was about he didn't think the, the standard was as good. Um, um, I don't know if we've seen that, you know, there's one big money team clearly in this division and everybody else is probably much of a muchness around on that sort of score. So maybe that's the quality's gone and the players who were thing have gone up and stayed with the teams who got promoted. Exactly. I mean, you have, to rem- you have to remember that the last time Corinthians were in this league, so were Dan Bradshaw, Jack Evans, you know, players like that. So yeah. without a shadow of a doubt, there's not the, not, yeah, the exactly. spread around, the quality's not there. And, you know, you look at, your, obviously, I think the year Corinthians were there, Beckenham were in there, Sheppey were in there, Chatham were in there. And you still had the likes of Deal Town being strong. So I, you know, I, I completely understand where he's coming from for, from that point of view. Yeah, uh, yeah, I think interesting. To say, he knows that he knows that he knows the kind of player to compete at this level. Um, playing down his chances, but I think twelve games gone, um, seven seven wins, only two defeats. I think they're um, doing well. They've beaten Faversham, so that shows the quality of the squad. I know Jack Faversham have gone on a bit of a run since then, and now top of the table. But yeah, I, I think um, he. I think if they can get in the playoffs, that's a good achievement for them. Do they want to go up? Of course they do. But they know how tough it is in the division above. But um, I think they learned from last season and would love to give it another crack. And from it, again, he's always constantly losing players, which is always a bit of a bugbear. But I think he, he's going in the right direction. Um, and do you think he's jo- enjoying it again, John? Because certain times last season was a bit of a, not a bit of a chore, a bit of a struggle, wasn't it? I'll give you the on-the-record answer. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure he's loving it. <laughs> I, I think so, yeah. I, th- I think, you know, he, he enjoys being around the dressing room and, and you know, working alongside Paul Sawyer and, and growing as a manager. And, and, you know, and I think he, he's still got ambitions. He, he's only a young man as well, Michael Golden. So I'm sure he's, you know, I'm sure he's enjoying it and, and getting, you know, it, it may not be as enthralling football maybe as it was a few years ago. And, and you know, it's not as easy when you've got one of the, when your team is not as good as it was a few years ago and, and you know but where he's lucky obviously is that the expectation at, at Corinthian won't be to, to win promotion this season if like that. and you know it's, it's a funny one because last year I know his biggest bugbear was having someone to stick the ball in the back of the net well it seems now he's kind of got those players you know Charlie Clover I thought he was a real handful um on on Friday night Michael Hagen coming in you know he's he's a when he starts enjoying his football, he's a real player at that level and the level above, you know, and we've had him on the show. I've seen him play a few times. He's, he's a live wire. Um, you know, Jamie Billings is always p- pretty good as well. And, you know, the, the, they hard. They look hard to beat. And, and that's all he can ask for, I suppose, at this stage of the season. And as I say, they're what, 
more, almost a third of the way through their league campaign, they're third in the table. So that suggests that they're going to be there or thereabouts. Yeah, I think so as well. Just Faversham have hit the top now, John. Do we expect anybody to go ahead of them before the end of the season now? I think it's going to be tough uh, for anybody to break into uh, into that top top spot now. Um, you know, and especially with no FA Vars now for Faversham. Uh, I think they're just going to be all guns into this league campaign, aren't they? And I think they're going to go, uh, you know, that they could go on a, on a really long unbeaten run. I know Sammy Moore, I'm sure he won't let standards drop until this league title is is, is sewed up from their point of view, you know, but they're, they're scoring goals. They're, they're hard to beat. Um, you know, yeah, they had a little bit of a blip at the start, but I think they're, they're all gelling together and, you know, Stefan Payne's come in and, and he's scoring goals. And, 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 you know, if you've got Payne and Mafula as your front two, you're going to be pretty hard to keep out, aren't you? Yeah, yeah. Stephen Payne. Um, I see he was sinbin yesterday, Stephen Payne. Well, that, again, unsurprising. Um, I don't know how he reacted to that, how he could be sinbin because he's a character, but he scores goals, John. And, and clearly, you know, he's coming at this level and scored a lot of goals from there. Yeah, you, you're thinking Faversham's now, you know, everybody else is playing for the playoffs now, I would have thought. Deal maybe have got a chance because they've got a bit of a role. But again, they'll have to beat Faversham twice if they're going to get ahead of them at this rate looking at the looking at the um the way it's going. Yeah, absolutely. The other results in the scaffold uh this week in the Premier Division saw Glebe and Stansfield drew two two on Friday night and on Saturday Fabersham five two winners over Hollands and Blair. Fisher beat Tumbridge Wells three one. Irith Town won two 0 at Homestale ended two two between Bristol and Punjab. One all between Sutton Athletic and VCD and Whitstable beat Beersted two one. For Sunday's Grand Hop games both ended two 0 to the home sides. Lid beat Snodland and Deal overcame Kennington. On Tuesday night, Faversham then won 2-1 at Beersted. I've already said Corinthian beat Rustall by the same score. Irith Town saw Stansfield 4-1. Glee beat Sutton Athletic 5-0. And the rest were all square. Punjab 1-1 with Holmesdale. Two more 2-2s. Tombridge Wells at home to Wellingstown. And the VCD Athletic against Fisher. There are two games tonight as well. Snodden currently 2-0 up against Kennington. And Lordswood, uh, Matt did say in that interview that he thought they'd be behind. Well, it's 0-0 uh, early in the second half there. I won't run through all of the Division 1 uh, results this week, but I will tell you that the ground-up game was 1-0 to Frost United over Faversham Strike Force. I mean, the six ground-up games, Matt promised you 30 goals. There were a total of 17. Uh, the total attendance, though, was 2,678. A superb effort from all involved. And hopefully everyone enjoyed themselves. And, you know, mentioned it to Michael there. The ground up is fantastic, isn't it? Because it brings people to our little corner to watch football and it makes it more accessible. And, you know, there were 500 odd people at Faversham, 600 odd people at Whitstable. Uh, you know, great, great days for everyone. Yeah, I, I think uh, the clubs as well, you can see how much they enjoyed it. Tweeting out, just making sure they've got a great programme for the, the people who are coming. So, yeah, a really good event. Um, and something I'd love, we'd like to do one day to go one of those things. John, maybe we should do it one day these things but yeah I think everybody had a good time what a weekend Friday Saturday Sunday watching football couldn't have asked, better, asked for better weather as well so yeah well done for all involved and maybe I don't know will they try and do another one before the end of the season down here or is that it for the year no I think it's one a, one a season so I think yeah. it'll just be that one uh, and then we'll just have to go uh, it'll, be, it'll probably be the same weekend next year I know that the uh, there's one over the border in Sussex for the first time uh, coming up as well which is, is, is a positive and you know it's, it's great and you know, I'm sure everybody's had a good time and, uh, yeah, fingers crossed it will uh, continue to be a success. It's the trophy for our scaffold sides this weekend. Uh, Canterbury take on Rustall. It's deal against Snodland. 
Faversham taking Kent United from the Kent County League at one o'clock. It's Fisher against Stansfeld, Glebe against Corinthian, Greenways against Kennington, Holland's Affair take on VCD, Lewisham Borough host Lordswood, Lidtown against Larkfield and New High, this Rochester against Croydon, SC Thamesmead against Beersted, Staples Monarchs against K Sports, Sutton Athletic host Irith Town, Wellingtown go to West Wickham and a big game actually. What, Whitstable against Tunbridge Wells. That's probably the biggest game uh, in there. Those two sides met in the league a couple of weeks ago as well. Um, so, yeah, the early days in that competition, but we all know how much it means to the teams when they get to the final of that one. So we'll keep a close eye on those results. Uh, it was the FA Trophy for us in Premier League sides on Saturday and a few of our South East teams. Or five have made it through to the next round. We've already heard that Cray Valley won 2-1 at Carshalton Hyde with 3-2 winners at Concord Rangers. Folkestone, though, went out on penalties after a 2-2 draw with Harringo Bar and Margate. Also out to a H-Borough, this one, Harrow-Borough, a 1-0 defeat. Chatham 2-1 winners at Haybridge Swift. Cray Wanderers came back with a 1-0 win from their long trip to Needham Market. And Ramsgate won the All-South East tie with Sheppey by four goals to one. Uh, in the next round, the Rams will travel to Hythe. Chatham face Cray Valley and Cray Wanderers at home to Chesham with those ties at the end of the month. And after that, the National League South clubs enter this competition. Yay. Uh, this weekend on Saturday, Chatham at home to Carshalton, Folkestone host Chessence, uh, Cray Wanderers at home to Hornchurch on Sunday. And there's a Kent Derby on Tuesday night with Margate host Chatham. Uh, big game that one, Matt. And Margate out of the cup, not in great league form. It's, could probably use a win in that one, couldn't they? Yeah, it's been a start. For, well, Margate saw them winning the cup. And, you know, I thought they played quite well there. Yeah, disappointing to go out of the trophy. Hearing some things about players maybe moving on as well. Yeah, it's a big game against Chatham, I think, uh, for the Margate supporters. We always say it, John. All we wanted is one year of Margate just being, you know, pretty dull in 10th place with no real problems off the off the field. But it seems to be that, you know, they don't want to be relegated, Margate. And, and at the moment, they could be in a relegation battle if, if they don't if they do not do it. So we do with a good performance at home, which will be tough against the Chatham side, who are looking to get out of the division at the other end. It must be so frustrating being a Margate fan, you know, and seeing what's going on down the road at Southwood, mustn't it? Because, you know, you've got one side absolutely flying and you've got one side really finding it tough again. And, you know, I've said this before and it was quite tongue in cheek, but I stand by it. Margate are the only team in this county to have put down a 3G pitch and got worse. <laughs> and, you know, and I don't mean that, you know, people who listen to this show a lot will know that I've got a lot of time for Margate, loads of time for Margate. I had a great time when I covered them for, for two seasons. Um, I love Ryan Day to bits. And, you know, and like you say, I just want Margate to have a really successful season and things to go the right way. Um, so, you know, hopefully they can turn things around, um, you know, with my Kent Nolly podcast hat on. A nice draw against Chatham, obviously, but you, you really want to see Margate... Yeah, because they've got the potential. That's the thing. They've got the potential. You want to see them up in and around those playoff places because they've they've got it. And, you know, so far, Chatham have had a really good start in that division. And the rest of our teams, all flattering to deceive a little bit. So you would hope that, you know, eventually when this all settles down and we can just focus on league games, it's not as bad as the South East. But you'd like to think that our teams might, when they've got a run of league games together, they might be able to all sort of turn the corner a bit. Yeah, I think the problem is Margate seeing what's going on at Ramsgate. If you're a lifelong Margate supporter, that must hurt. Must really hurt. They could be in the first round of the FA Cup. Um, you know, they could have. You know, why aren't Margate doing that? Why isn't Why isn't the investment going at Margate? So it's a, it's a difficult one. Um, it's not going to be a good day for Margate fans. I think the weekend watching um, Ramsgate in the FA Cup. So. Uh, 
At the moment, they could be swapping divisions, so which would be a bit of a concern. Yes, absolutely. Uh, into this league, South East, it was a good week for Sittingbourne, who've leapt up to second spot after back-to-back wins, thumping Irith and Belvedere 6-0 on Saturday, and then beating Herne Bay 2-0 on Tuesday night. Uh, Bay were held 1-1 at Broadbridge Heath on Saturday, when Sevenoaks won 2-1 at Lansing, Beckenham with 3-0 up at half-time, but lost 4-3 at Merston. Phoenix Sports also conceded 4 in the second half, as they lost 6-2 at home to Leaders 3 Bridges, while Hyde then beat Sevenoaks 4-0 on Tuesday night. I say Leaders 3 Bridges, I mean, they played eight games, and as we've already mentioned, Ramsgate, Sheppey and Cray Valley, who all expect to be in and around there, have played three each, so, um, you know, it's quite a, still a very lopsided league, but three Bridges have got 20 points, so well done uh, to them, and, and all they can do is keep winning, which they are doing. Uh, on Saturday, Beckenham hosts Ashford, Sittingbourne head to Burgess Hill, Wirth and Belvedere host Broadbridge Heath, Herne Bay at home to Lansing, Phoenix Sports travel to Littlehampton, and Seven Oaks at home to Horndean. Uh, two games in midweek as well. Uh, FA Cup replays notwithstanding, uh, with Sheppey United due to travel to Littlehampton on Tuesday night, and Ramsgate then hosting former boss Matt Longhurst and his Irith and Belvedere side on Wednesday. Uh, there is a game on Wednesday night as well in that division. I'm just going to check the latest score for you. Nil nil. Matt Gerrard's going to tell you that it's nil-nil in that game between uh, Phoenix Sports and Irith and Belvedere. There are, as we speak right now, 61 minutes gone uh, on that game. So if anything dramatic happens in the latter stages of that, I will do an add-in when I edit this. Uh, still goalless between Lyds and Lordswood and 2-0 to Snodland against Kennington. Uh, we've been through... that, there, John. A year ago, Beckenham were in the fourth qualifying round of the FA Cup. Now they find themselves bottom of the... And what's sort of gone wrong there? Three luck. Half time and losing 4 3 at Merstham. So, just one of those, you know, being a club on the up for a couple of seasons, just having a, a bad blip now. And a couple of home games on the spin, it's probably key they can get a couple of results. Yeah, I, I, it has been a difficult start to the season for them. Um, it's been quite quiet coming out of Beckham. I'm yeah. just looking at the team they've got. I mean, they've still got Danny um, Danny Waldron in there, they've still got Louis Theophanis. He was good. Well, mate, Richard Orley plays there, I see. Yeah, now. I was going to say that the, the janitor's there. Yeah. Um, you know, it doesn't look like a massively different team from what they had. I mean, Anthony Adesiti is a good player as well. Uh, see, he was there. Steve Townsend as well, another one of the players who's been there uh, for a few, for a little while. So, yeah, but probably concerning times for Beckham. And they, they, say they've been a, a really good presence over the last few years. They had a really good season last year, but for whatever reason this season, it's just not clicking for them. So they'll be hoping, uh, as I say, home game against Ashford on Saturday. They'll be hoping to kickstart a turnaround. They've only got three points. They've just got seven goals in their six games. Um, you know, and it's all well and good, we say, about the, you know, the positives of Cray, Ramsgate and Sheppey have only played um, three games each. Well, Merston, sorry, well, Beckenham have played six and Phoenix have played eight and they're both behind all three of those. So, mm-hmm. you know, it works both ways when you look at it that way. But, you know, I'm looking forward to when this league kind of, Shows his teeth, really. You know, as Steve McKim was saying, they've got loads of games in October, they've got loads of games in November, they've got loads of games coming in December as well. Hopefully by Christmas, this will all sort of evened itself out and we'll have a rough idea of, of who actually are the best teams in this league. But you know, as I said, the leaders of three bridges, they've scored 24 goals. Uh, in the, They've won six of their eight games and they're unbeaten. Can't knock that. You know, and that's the target for your Cray Valleys and, and your Ramsgates and your, and your Sheppies, isn't it? Absolutely, yeah. I suppose... The teams have had a good one running the FA Cup. Um, you know they can still see that we've got a chance in the league as well. But disappointing for Beckenham not losing behind. Fair play to City Board as well, though, John. We'll give them a bit of. They, we know they've got a good manager. A couple of good, really good wins at the weekend. So they, it looks like normally City Board have a good start to the season, then fall off. Don't think that happened under Ryan Maxwell. 
No, an interesting see Javon Splatt among the goal scorers uh, on Saturday and a double for Bagasan Graham. Now, I mean, I remember Bagasan yeah. uh, when he was playing uh, at least two levels higher than where he is now. And, and I see um, Deshaun Theobalds is there as well. You know, that's a, that's a strong old side that yeah. they build there. You know, and, you know, they will be, they'll be happy with where they are. And I think that the attendances have been OK as well because we know the difficulties that they've got. A couple of hundred there on Saturday. I think it was a couple of hundred there on Tuesday night. And again, it's all about building, isn't it? And and people will come and watch successful teams of football. And those results this week will be encouraging people to come and watch Sitting Bull, won't they? Um, yeah, good season. I mean, a good season. Going under the radar a little bit. Um, I do think they've got a good manager, which I think. And the players they're attracting, as you say, are good, good players at this level. Um, that is all of our football chat. We've been through it. Well, I did promise you I'd tell you about my journey uh, to Lordswood on Friday night. I mean... I love going to watch football games. It's my own fault that I live a long way away from a lot of the places where I want to go and watch football matches. Um, but that journey was a pigging nightmare. So I set off possibly 10, 15 minutes later than I wanted to. And I'm not going to lie to you, I nearly gave up four times on that journey. First of all, I went the way that I would normally would go and there was an overturned car. Um, I got to I got to the corner and there was a there was some fireman's tape across the road and there was a bloke standing there diverting that we should turn around as if we were all thick and I was like well obviously mate there's tape there we can't go around there uh, so then I went had to go another way and then I made the fatal mistake of going along with my sat nav rather than just trusting my instincts so my instincts were go through Hawkehurst and just go up that way to Maidstone perfect go through Maidstone it'll be busy through Maidstone but it'll be all right. But no, my sat nav tells me to go up away past Bedgebury. Uh, went there, road closed again. Uh, turned back round and, and was going along the A21, bearing in mind that, you know, my favourite person lives in Tunbridge Wells. And I was at that stage, I was thinking I should just go and see her instead. Um, and then I thought, I'm not going to go all the way to Tunbridge Wells. I'm just going to follow the sat nav. And I went through places I've never heard of before. I uh, got stuck in uh, some four-way traffic lights. And what was really good was when I went across the road the other side, three massive tractors were blocking the road, so I couldn't get through. Um, and then eventually I got to Lordswood's ground probably at five minutes after kickoff and the car park was absolutely chocker uh, because it's a, there's a leisure centre there as well the overflow car parks were all absolutely chocker I ended up parked out on the main road out the front of the, the, of the Lordswood stadium area um, as far away as I could be I think I was five minutes walk back to the stadium before I even managed to get in so I missed a good ten minutes of the game and as I say, at several times, I thought, why am I I've literally had a week of it. You know, if it's not the trains, it's the roads. If the, the, if anyone knows Eastbourne, if you come down from Tunbridge Wells to Eastbourne, um, the main road that you would pick up the A27, that's been shut overnight uh, since the 2nd of October. So every single night uh, since the 2nd of October that I've come home from work, I've had to take a detour, which added 10 minutes onto my journey. And I'm just frankly fed up with it. I, I just, oh, just, I've just had enough, man. <laughs> Middle class problems, mate. Well, first world problems, as they say. Mm. Um, you know, but I don't know. I'll, I'll throw open up the dusty DVD cupboard at some point and see if there's anything worth watching. I've got loads of stuff on the planner. But I still Beckham haven't got around to anything. I haven't watched Beckham yet. I, genuinely, I feel like I've spent the last week just anywhere but here. And when I have been here, it's just been like sitting around for an hour. And you, and you just want to chuck something on in the background and, and not think about it too much. I do want to watch the David Beckham thing. I do want to watch the morning show. I do want to watch Payback. I do want to watch all these dramas that have been on this year. 
but I just haven't got the time. And today, I'm going to be honest with you, today I've had the ump about stuff. And I've just, I've been in a bad mood all day today. And uh, I've just sat, moped around was how I would describe my behaviour today. And again, it's like, I'll just sit there and I'll put something on and I'm like, can't be bothered, can't be bothered, can't be bothered. <laughs> and just end up just looking at my phone, which is an absolute waste of a day. Uh, it was my day off. I should have done all these lovely things. The last warm day for probably this year, and I've spent it sat in the flat with the cats. What a way to live. We just spoke to me for about an hour, which will be a long show today, John. Probably probably the most exciting time of the season, though, isn't it? For qualifying round of the FA Cup. Absolutely. This is like Christmas, isn't it? This is uh, yeah. the uh, this is the Christmas Eve. Sheppy, yeah, so, yeah. Of, uh, of, and if you are a Sheppy fan, well, mate, Mark, isn't it? He's always asking to see it. Pop along and see me on Saturday. Um, we can have a big chat. So if, if you're a listener from Sheppy, uh, I'm looking forward to seeing your boys. Hopefully get a result against our uh, Essex brethren. Mark did say he was, he was impressed that it's been 20 years you've been covering non-league football and you've still not made it to home park. Over on yes. The so, well, yeah. Well, of course, <laughs> when they're at home to Derby in the next round, mate, I'd walk there. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, let's see how it all plays out. But yeah, um, huge, huge good luck to all of those teams. Uh, and I really hope that they get the results that they want. Um, and that this time next week, we're talking... You know, and we may have had them on before, but we'll we'll have them all on again if they get through, especially if they get some good ties. So, yeah, massive good luck to all eight of our teams uh, in the FA Cup. We would love nothing more than for all eight of them to get through. Um, I think Matt would be surprised if all eight of them went through, but we would love absolutely uh, nothing more. Uh, yeah, we, it has been a long old show, so we, we won't even talk too much about the drill. We did have all that stuff about middle class stuff at the start and even some beautiful French. It was like I was a native of La Rochelle. Um, but anyway, um, thank you everybody for listening to this week's show. You can find us on social media, on Twitter, X, whatever, at Kent NL Podcast. I'm at John Phipps 81. Matt is at Matthew underscore Gerard. He doesn't use it anymore, though, because it's very depressing. And he's right. I've given up on it a little bit. But I'm still here uh, for your podcast needs on that social media platform. We're on Facebook as well. Search for Kent Only Podcast and search for the group Kent Only Football Chat. Let us know what games you're at as well. It's always good to hear from that. Uh, we're also on Threads and Instagram as well at Kent Only Podcast. Um, we haven't got anything more to say. The voting has closed for the Football Content Awards. So it's down to the judges now and the number of votes. So if you did vote for us, thank you very much. We do really, really appreciate it. The awards are next month. Um, we're not very hopeful, but it's great to be nominated and say we do really appreciate it. Just we appreciate all of our guests and the time they've given up to speak to us this week. Uh, thanks to Matt as well, as always, for joining me on a Wednesday night when he could be watching the telly with his kids or doing something else or watching YouTube, TikTok, whatever it is the kids do these days. Um, and buying fancy pastries to eat as well. Um, but yeah, thank you everybody for listening to this week's show. And we'll speak to you all next week on the Kent Only podcast. FA Cup dreams will be made. Come on, lads, you can all do it.